Got any old business? Old business? Yeah. So you always start with the old business. Oh, that, that go over the, the notes or... Anything unfinished, yeah. old business, you know. I can't think of anything. No. It's also hard, too, because I do have a bunch of things I want to talk about, but I have to save that for next week when we do our yearly recap and goals. Yes. Because most of them go in the goals category. Uh, new business. New business? That would also probably go in next week's yeah. goals episode would be new business. New business, as far as I am concerned. Hmm. It's cold. It's rainy. It's turning to ice tomorrow. Uh, work has been pretty shitty because of the holidays. And... I am not going to finish Alan Moore's Jerusalem by the new year, most likely. But you did get over the halfway point, though. Yeah, I'm closing on 700 pages, but the problem is I have been going days without reading at a time now because I've been doing a lot of submissions and writing and stuff. Like, I've been busy. And I just, by the time it's time, you know, I get around to reading it, it's like, oh, I'll read a page and go to bed. Uh, So that's kind of disappointing because I was hoping to be way ahead of of that. Uh, Also, we have decided... Before I jump into my other big books for the next year's reads, I am going to, we are going to do another Miracle Minute real quick. Yeah, real quick, just a minute. Yeah, just a minute. Just a minute. Just we are uh, thinking Dance Dance and I think it's some pinball. I can't remember for the life of me. I have it upstairs, so we will look at that and I don't know, we'll post about it or something that people want to read up on it. I'm going to read a bunch of comics and stuff before yeah. we get to that. Good palate cleanser. Yeah, just because Jerusalem, I need a little break from the big books for at least like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> What about you? Anything? Uh, no, no, nothing really. Just preparing for the winter wonderland that is about to be the next the next few days. Yay! Though it does make me feel better that it seems like it's everywhere. Yeah, everybody's getting it, which I like. <laughs> yeah, like it's just not like us and like you know like shitty Pennsylvania and like the Northeast. It's like mm. no, it's like even in like the South, it's getting like all cold and and shitty and stuff. Take so. that South. So it, it's nice, like. I know, like, what, a couple of days ago, Cal- over in California, they were complaining that it was, like, 40 or 50 degrees or something, and it's like, yeah, sons of bitches. Oh, it's 60 degrees. <laughs> oh, whatever. Uh, anyway, folks, thank you for listening if you're from California. <laughs> <laughs> Jealous of your weather. Uh, so, I guess we'll just uh, go into our recap after these breaking messages. We don't have messages. One day. News. People apparently like our YouTube podcast which is just the same as you're listening now no video so i don't know why we get some random viewers on there but whatever thanks for subscribing 36 people or whoever follow that that's always been the backup just in case this gets deleted somehow right uh but anyway i like it maybe one day we'll actually have video who knows see how busy we get next year and maybe i'll do some promotion see i feel like people who'd want video they only want it until then they would get it and they'd be like oh god no no go back to just the audio you know it's interesting because I listen to that Art of Manliness podcast every once in a while. Usually, if they just have a topic I like, like sometimes they talk about, uh, I don't know, like Miyamoto Masashi or Hemingway or just maybe some interesting topics about like fitness and stuff. And I found out in one of the recent episodes I was listening to, uh, the host Brett, Mc- I think his name is Brett McKay. That they don't do video, which I was like, okay. And I looked up, I looked him up on uh, YouTube, and it's just audio. I was like, oh, okay. So they're kind of like us with that, but it's like one of the biggest podcasts yeah. out. But I was like, that's interesting. But I found out that he also, when he, because he had a, he always has guests on, his guests on, they're just talking to, to each other, no video. Oh, they, wow. Neither of, well, the other, I would say neither of them likes it, but like Brett specifically, he doesn't like to look at like somebody through a screen hmm. like when he has a guest on. So they just never have that. I'm like, I don't know if that'd be weird or better now that yeah. I think about it. 
Like if we, because it would just be like you know having someone on the phone, like old radio. Yeah. So like, would you think that'd be better if we had a guest on and you just couldn't see them? Because it probably because like I always thought, oh, his audio is always so good. It's never any robotic. That's because some of the podcasts yeah. I hear is always it gets like those robotic. Th- it's because they're on like you know Google Hangouts or Zoom or something. I think the video fucks it up. Mm. So that makes sense. I don't like as I'm thinking about our setup. It's always like we have to fuck around with it to yeah. get them so they can see both of us in the picture because the table's not like long enough where if we have the webcam set up, they can. Yeah. See both of us perfectly in the uh, in their view. So I'm just thinking maybe we just don't do that. But then I feel like the social cues of like when to talk and when not yeah. talk would be kind of hard. I don't know. Be interesting to try one without video. Maybe we get Ash on. Be like, hey Ash, instead of walking around your house, just sit down. <laughs> yeah. and we'll, we'll just talk to you. I mean, you can st- still walk around. We just don't have to get dizzy watching you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, we are going to be recapping the because it's. This is right before Christmas. It's going to air right after Christmas. Uh, we're just going to recap the books we read this year and stuff. So not a real interesting episode unless you want to know what we've been reading, which we always talk about anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I will we'll break down very briefly, uh, not the synopsis or anything, most likely just, you know, how we felt about yeah. some of these books. And not all the books. I read a lot. So uh, stick around and, uh, yeah. You are listening to the Drunken Penwriting Podcast, motherfudgers. Uh, I am your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the knee knocker of Nepal Church. Mm. I was—I didn't know if it's Napoleon or just like you know. So I'm just gonna go of Nepal. Nepal's mm, like a person from Nepal. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Uh, anyway, oh, I should bring up my list. Am I going first? Is that how this works? I usually go first. Yeah, you get the—you normally have the bigger list. My breathe hard. Ooh, I like that one. So, Spencer, according to Goodreads, I have read 55 books this year. But the thing I don't like about Goodreads, you can't have separate categories. I mean, you can catalog them separately, but you can't have, I read this many short stories, this many comics, this many graphic novels. It just all lumps into books. Yeah. So my numbers are always inflated because of that, because I always make sure I read a lot of short stories uh-huh. and a lot. And some of them are just like, you know, because they're long, like some of Edgar Allan Poe stories or something. They're I they're just classified as a one short story versus me saying, oh, I read his whole collection. Uh, uh, so that always like fluffs up my numbers some. So I never get like a completely accurate. That's why I always make my list high. Yeah. Uh, because like the if I'm just going straight novels, it's probably 30 or 40 maybe. Uh, so I don't know. But I'm just going to cover them all. So, Spencer, the church man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I started the year off on such a high note because it was winter time. I read The Quick and the Dead, Selected Stories by Martino Cayenne. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of recent memory, this is my favorite story collection I've read. Okay. Not that I read a whole lot of, I mean, I probably read some Stephen King maybe last year or the year before. But just as far as like a literary style too, this has probably been my favorite. Because... I'm pretty sure I read a Hemingway collection this year, but I don't think it's on my list that I noticed. Was it the PBS one? Yeah. Was that this year? I couldn't remember if that had was to be this year or last year. Maybe it was last year. I don't know. Because that was pretty good. But the this one, like it just had some stories that just break your heart. Some stories were just ridiculously funny. I would say gut-bustingly mm-hmm. funny, like his one Kafka-esque story. Martin Kine's one of those guys, like, I really wish he wrote a lot more 
stuff, like especially mm-hmm. novels, because he only wrote like one book, I think, and then a bunch of short stories. I'd say that's an awesome title. Yeah, The Quick and the Dead. Um, next up, I read The Fight by Norman Mailer. That was about the rumble in the jungle, I believe. Uh, Ollie Frazier. And, not Ollie Frazier. Ollie Foreman. I really enjoyed that book, though I could see like Norman Mailer's like one of those Hemingway kind of guys. Like he was writing a little masculine and prose wasn't something that very like really captured me, but his fight descriptions were amazing. Him just talking about the fights and stuff was awesome. Uh, I read The Two Towers by Tolkien, uh, Bog Bodies by Declan Shalvey. I think that was one of our. That was one of the uh, comic book book clubs. Yeah, Yeah. I liked the idea, but I did not like the execution of that book. I, I can't recommend that. Uh, Devil in the Blue Dress by Walter Mosley. You can listen yep. to us talk about that. Uh, we had well, at least one episode on it. Uh-huh. Excellent. Definitely want to check out more in the uh, Rawlings, uh, Easy Rollins series. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Frolic of the Beast by Yukio Mishima. This was one of my lesser Mishimas. Uh, it says here I gave it three out of five stars. It was all right. One of those ones is like, yeah, very beautiful imagery, very poetic. Not the theme I really care for. Because uh, he and a lot of other Japanese writers, they have these themes of, like, uh, damaged beauty. And it's like, okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you can only read that so much before you're like, all right. Yeah. Like, you wrote five books on this now, dude. Like, something else. Talk about something else. Right. Anything else. Uh, I did Saga Volume 1 by Brian K. Vaughn. I really want to read more of that, but there's a lot. Yeah. And it's not even over yet. Not even over yet. That'd be one of those ones I'd get in one of those mega omnibus things. Right. Poems of the Irish People, this is just various. It was a poetry collection. I liked it, though it's very different from most poetry I've been reading because it's all, like, for the most part, from what I remember, like, rhyming poetry, like, old-timey, you know. Uh, But some of it's hard to understand because it's, like, old Irish. The Fortress of the Pearl by Michael Moorcock. That was one of the second book I read in the Elric of Melnibene series. Second or third. Uh, I really, really liked that. I gave that five stars. Maniac of New York, The Death Train by Elliot Callan. That's just a fun book. Yes. It wasn't was. good. I'll be honest. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like a Friday the 13th. Is yeah. it good? Is it a good movie? Like any of the Friday the 13th movie? Not really. Not really. But they're fun. Yeah. There's murder. And that's all you really want. So good is subjective in terms of that kind of stuff. So as a slasher, it's great. I loved it. Yeah. But it's just like a comic with a good story. Mm, I just want the killing. <laughs> The murder. Uh, I actually read this before, but I reread it this year along with the um, audio version. That was I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream by Harlan Ellison. I keep telling you, listen to the audio version of him reading it. It's not that long. You'll yeah. fucking dig it, man. Just listen to it one day at work. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not at work, yeah. actually. But you're saying maybe not read at work might give me some bad ideas. Yeah, don't listen to it at work. It'll, it, well, it's very depressing. Oh. <laughs> not All Robots by Mark Russell. It says here, I really like that. I don't. It's that one where like the uh all the people like living in those dome cities and they each mm. have a robot and but they're the robots are the ones that go to work to make the money and stuff like that. Yeah, that was interesting. The Return of the King by Tolkien, that was my finale of the Lord of the Rings. Excellent. One of my favorite books of all time. Is Not- that is that out of the tr- out of the whole trilogy that's your your favorite? Yeah. I mm. Maybe not. I don't know. That's a hard one because the first one's really good, too. Uh, next up, not so good. It was all right. I enjoyed it enough, but it's not something I would uh, read again. Later by Stephen King. Yeah. Just like fun. It, it just, it it should have went more the way I wanted it. You know, like the more paranormal, just like the, the cool way he was going with the story. He just kind of, like if they did a sequel, 
Mm -hmm. I'd be all for it, like a paranormal detective kind of deal. I read The Jaunt by Stephen King. That's one of the most fucked up sci-fi horror stories I've ever read. Gone to See the River Man by Christopher Triana. That is gross. Yeah. it's. I don't think it's considered like a splatter porn or splatter punk or whatever they call that, but it's close. It's supposed to be like one of those gross out kind of books, but it's supposed to have an edgy, hard-nosed storyline, but it's just like the characters are so fucking horrible. You're like, oh. And I don't mean like written horribly, I just mean like awful people. Mm. You don't root for anybody in that kind of book. Uh, Outer Dark by Cormac McCarthy, that was excellent. Um, I, re- I that, really, really enjoyed that. That's his like sci-fi one, right? No. No? Outer Dark is about an Appalachian brother and sister who have a baby, and the brother like tries to kill the baby, like leaving it in the woods, and there's a whole bunch of crazy shit that happens. Uh, Oblivion Stories by David Foster Wallace. We covered this. Your favorite. And the, uh, a very detailed inebriated reading challenge. So if you want to see the IRC or listen to the IRCs on that, please do, because it's fucked. Like, it just progressively seemed to get worse. It seemed like you guys had, like, a bad time reading that. Yeah, like, the thing was, we got this, uh, Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing going on where, like, halfway through, we're like, no, this is pretty good. Like, we were, like, pointing out things, trying to make it better than I think it was. But then on reflection, which you could probably get in the last episode, like, no. No, this is terrible. I like two of these stories, and that was it. Fortunately, The Milk by Neil Gaiman and illustrated by Scotty Young. That's a kid's book. Uh, I can't judge it, honestly. That's, I mean, not even just, like, a kid's book. Like, it's for literal children yeah. like toddlers. Robert Frost, Selected Poems by Robert Frost. I actually did not care for that. I only like some of them, which is surprising because the Robert Frost I was aware of up to that point, I always liked. But then when I actually got deep into his collection, I don't, it was, it was too old timey, not the, necessarily the poetry style, but like he did a lot of like narrative poems and I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. Mm. Uh, Black Science Volume 1, How to Fall for Something or Other here uh, by Rick Remender. I was not interested in reading yeah, any more of that. Yeah, you, didn't, you wasn't a fan of that. It wasn't awful. The art was all right. It just, like, it, it was mid. Uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh by Anonymous. Uh, I did not care for the Epic of Gilgamesh that much. I rated it three out of five, but I feel like that's probably just, like, because it's the one of the first things ever written. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give them a break. Uh, Star by Yukio Mishima. That was an interesting book. I like that. Uh, a really cool cover. It was, like, looked like Shattered glass mm. uh that i would recommend you check that one out because it's a really short novel and it's just about uh it's like about an actor and i forget exactly what happens but it, it was pretty cool pictures by J.R.R. Tolkien. uh that was just his illustrated collection and it, it did have like you know things prose yeah. and stuff with it but uh it wasn't like an actual book book but it was pretty cool i really like that uh flashpoint by jeff johns i didn't think that was awful or good just middle uh, Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man by James Joyce. I really liked it, but I had parts where I was falling asleep. But it had one of the most graphically, and I don't mean graphic as in gross or, you know, nudity or uh, harsh language or anything. Just most graphically evil or awful depictions of hell I've ever come across. Like, it was like, after I read that, like, that was one of the few times, like, not only did I have dreams about that for a little bit, but I was almost like, I get it. Like, if I was a Catholic kid and they taught me this, like, oh, the way yeah. that he, like, he describes it in there, because it was from the perspective of a Catholic priest, I think, talking about it. I was just like, I would be traumatized, and yeah. I would definitely be like, I don't want to go there. You would buy it in a hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, it was so bad. Like, that. Like if you want to, just get that get that book or find a cheap, like, or a free PDF or something and just find that uh, section of it, because it, it'll fuck you up. 
Oh, we did this together. A Study in Scarlet by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Yep. That was pretty good. It had a whole Western part that I, you know what? Listen to the episode, folks. Yeah. We covered that. That wasn't that long ago, was it? Uh, a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, Gideon Falls, Volume 1 by Jeff Lemire. Excellent. Yes. Uh, and you gave me the, vo- actually, you get like kind of omnibuses or something. Yeah, like, the like, full- like mini um, omnibuses. It's the whole series. Uh, yeah. Collected in two nice, like oversized hardcovers. So I will be checking that out here uh, after Jerusalem. Uh, Frog Catchers by Jeff Lemire, excellent. Did you read that yet? I yeah, I I actually I read it a while ago, mm. and I just never thought to 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 bring it up to you. Yeah, we should have talked about that, but it's too late now. Uh, May's book by Jeff Lemire, also yeah. excellent. Though that was pretty close to Frog Catcher and the themes, like the same exact theme. And you can definitely tell, like, uh, now looking back at Frogcatcher, because, like, even in Maze Runner, uh, in the afterwards and stuff, he talks about reading uh, Mirakami and, like, how it kind of like, yeah. influenced him. And now, thinking back, I could I'd you probably see it. see it in the uh, in Frogcatcher, too, because it was a, another kind of, like, those weirdly... Dreamlike you know, labyrinths and just weird visuals. Yeah, it's definitely like that. Uh, Dubliners by James Joyce. That's a short story collection. I was actually pretty disappointed by that. I I was expecting more. Like they say, the dead is supposed to be the best short story ever written. And until I got to the end, which the end is actually amazing. Like it's one of the best endings of anything. But uh, the story itself, a lot of it was just like this buildup that I didn't care about. I think it falls into the category of maybe too literary and too niche of a. Uh, like, cause it's, you know, in Dublin, everything's about Dublin. Man. So people in Dublin in early, late 1800s, early 1900s, I don't know shit about They're that. Right. So, uh, it just, it wasn't necessarily up my alley, but I like James Joyce's writing style enough. Uh, I read Coraline by Neil Gaiman. Again, kid's book. This is a little more grown up kid's book, like early teens, tweens. It's good for what it is. If you were a young person, you probably think it's the best thing ever. Uh, crossover volume one, Kids Love Chains by Donny Cates. I, uh, apparently I hated that. Yeah, you yeah. did not like that one. I did not like that one. The Sirens of Titan by Kurt Vonnegut Jr. You can listen to our episode about that as yes. well. We did, uh, I think a book of the month on it. Really, really interesting idea. Not the best execution, but memorable enough that I, unlike some of these other ones, I yeah. didn't forget anything about it. Right. Pretty good. Maniac of New York, The Bronx is Burning. That's the second volume of Maniac of New York by Elliot Callen. Same thing. Great killing. Yeah, more, more murder. <laughs> Not a good story, really, but good killing. Lots of stabbing, cleaving, burning. I want more, though. I, d- I did want more gruesomeness. Uh, they should have leaned even more heavily into the, just the murder. Maybe in the third volume. I hope so. High Adventure and the Great Outdoors by Henry Rollins. That was really weird because I expected a book because that's in that, that collection I have of his first five novels. But it's, they're not really novels. It's broken up into just little vignettes, maybe. I'll be like a paragraph or two of him just talking about some random event or small story. Then it'll go into like these weird little poems and then it'll go into completely different stories. Like nothing's cohesive. There's no plot or anything. It's literally just like his thoughts and his musings as he was on the road and growing up and stuff. Interesting. But that's one's like I would recommend people check it out for the for it being different. But I don't. Well, it you, it's it's his own category. Could you imagine trying to be his editor and trying to wrangle him in? Like, no, you're just going to let him go and do whatever, and you're just <laughs> yeah. going to publish it. Yeah, you don't really have a choice. 
Deceased by Tom Taylor. That was the DC zombie. Yeah. Uh, some of the people in our book club, I remember, didn't like that so much. I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I really like that series. They're actually uh, uh, like halfway through the last, because they, they have a couple volumes of that. Mm-hmm. And this is supposed to be like the last volume of, of it. And it's I've liked them all. I, I thought it was really interesting and it was really good. Fun. Fun, yes. Harmless fun, except for if you lived in that world. Yeah, well. Uh, next, this is my sleeper pick of the year. Oh, I was yeah. very surprised how much I liked this book. Life of Maggot by Paul Jameson. Uh, this is written in like a medieval folk style. It's very different. I haven't read anything like this before. It was so good, I actually went and purchased his other book. I think it was his first book, Nightjar. Uh, I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten to reading that yet, but very interesting writing style. And I actually wanted to reach out to him, be like, hey, you want to come on the podcast? Mm. But he seems like he might be a bit reclusive. Yeah. But I'd want to read his other book before I did that. But just a lot of cool, like, Celtic Celtic imagery and just, like, it's post-apocalyptic, too, though. So think, like, medieval language, post-apocalyptic world, modern world. Weird, right? It's hard yeah. to imagine. Yeah. Because you almost kind of think, like, medieval in itself is, like, its own kind of, like, apocalyptic yeah. kind of, <laughs> like. It, but that's why, it, that's why it blends so well. But that was one of those books we picked up when we got that big batch, uh, that big haul of indie books. Like, I did a call oh, out, yeah. some, you know, a year or two ago. Uh, and I'm so glad he told us, you know, hey, I'll put my book because I really liked it. Uh, the Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Excellent. Have you not read that before? Oh, I have. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay. Uh, this year I did a Poe reading for uh, the month of October where I read my favorite Poe stories. Uh, and some new ones, I think, but I, you know, did my favorites. Uh, the Premature Burial by Edgar Allan Poe. Excellent. The Black Cat by Edgar Allan Poe. My favorite so far. Uh, no. Second favorite, it may be tied. Uh, the Cask of Amontillado, probably my favorite, but the Black Cat's really close. Also, similar, and not necessarily, the Black Cat is the Cask of Amontillado with the ending of the Telltale Heart. Okay. If you think of it that way, kind of, but with a cat. <laughs> I would recommend any of those three as your first pose. Uh, The Dreaming City by Julian Blondell. That was uh the Elric of Melnibene graphic novel. Oh, okay. Uh, I believe that was the Titan. Is that who puts that out? Maybe. Uh, I can't tell. Because there's older versions too. Like they they did like a reboot new series, and I got I think two volumes of that, and then one of the old original collection. I have not read the original. Uh, The Silmarillion by Tolkien. Amazing. Fuck hard to read. <laughs> Holy shit. That's like one of those things where once you get done reading that, if you're able to understand any of it, you level up. Right, yeah. And I've leveled up multiple times this year, I feel, and that was one of the main reasons. Uh, that I would not recommend to anyone outside of Tolkien fan because you're not going to get yeah. the fuck. You're not going to get it at all. Uh, another excellent book, which I kind of figured this one was going to be great, uh, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Really, really like that. Wish I read that a lot sooner. Uh, the next one, this could be a close second sleeper if, if it wasn't for the fact that this was, was recommended, like this was recommended to us. So we kind of expected it was going to be good or else I would get this sleeper status chasing the boogeyman by Richard Chismar, which we covered for Halloween. You can listen to that episode. Excellent. I really like that. A lot of fun. Uh, as fun as grizzly murders in a small (laughs) town can be. Uh, The Eternals by Neil Gaiman. I hated that. Yeah. Hated it. I don't even think I read the whole thing. Did I? Maybe I bailed on that. You might have. I don't remember. I just, I didn't like that. Uh, Creepshow, Volume 1 by Chris Burnham. Burnham? Burnham. And a bunch of other writers. I don't remember. That was like a graphic novel version of Creepshow, I think. 
like a collection maybe. I think new stories wasn't very good. Two stars. <laughs> Not very good. The White Museum by George Bilgeer. That was a poetry collection I read recently, and it was pretty good. Uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. I will give it middle of the road, but I actually did not like that so no, much. No, yeah. I liked a small chunk of that book, and the writing was okay. It's just the story was not what I was expecting, but I'm a Blade it, Runner fan, so maybe that's what threw me. It, had, it There's a decent idea in there. Yeah, there's a good idea, not executed well. Uh, a Movable Feast by Ernest Hemingway. That was excellent. I recommend that. I was supposed to read it with me. He fucking didn't. You, yeah, you gave me permission to bow out of that. But why did I give you permission to bow out of that? Because I think as you were reading it, you were just like, oh, Spencer's not going to like <laughs> gonna enjoy this without reading any of the stuff like that pertained with that. Yeah, I guess. Uh, the Allegory of the Cave by Plato. That was really good, but you have to be a philosophy fan for that, Spencer. I like the Allegory of the Cave, but it's funny. It's one of those things I've always known about. I don't remember when I first heard about it. But I've never actually read it. You know, so the the guys in the cave, they see the shadows on the wall, and that's all they can see because they're facing the wall. So they think that's reality. One guy mm-hmm. finally gets out, and he comes back. And he's like, hey, there's, there's shit out there, dude. They're like, no, it's just shadows. Like, they don't, they can't get it. Uh, the Nice House on the Lake, Volume 1 by James Tinian. It was okay. I like the premise. I like the art. Uh, I like the idea. Maybe a little, not, I don't want to say overwritten, but too much happening. Yeah. Maybe too many characters. Uh, I would check out a volume two, though. Yeah, because especially considering how that the volume it's only supposed to be like two volumes. It's only supposed to be like eleven or twelve issues, so it's kind of hard to completely judge it without it that second volume being out yet. Right, uh, Powder by Tobias Wolf. Uh, that was my only Tobias Wolf I read. That was just a short story. Uh, that was recommended by a friend, and it was pretty good. Uh, and I ended the year because I've been reading Jerusalem for two months now. Uh, I ended the year. Uh, Collected Poems by Dylan Thomas that I've been reading for like five years mm-hmm. on and off. I finally finished it. Excellent, but a lot of it just way over my head. Way over. Did not understand Mr. Welsh Dylan Thomas from the 1930s, 40s, and 50s or whenever he was writing that stuff. But he is one of my favorite poets because he does poets because he has some of my favorite poems. Mm. But as his work as a whole, a lot of it I just I didn't really necessarily get. And also uh, a lot of the language you use. I don't want to say archaic, but I didn't know what the fuck it meant. <laughs> You're up, sir. Uh, okay, so I started out the year with uh, Sins of Scarlet from our good buddy Nicholas Obagon. Excellent choice. That's a great book. Yes. Everybody should read Blue Light Yokohama, yeah. Sins of Scarlet, and then Unknown Mail. Un- un- yep. Devil in a Blue Dress, which we talked about That's already. a really good follow-up, actually, yeah. because yeah. now you're going like older detective style, right. noir detective, comparing it to a modern version. That's interesting. Right. And then uh, Gwendolyn's Magic Feather. It's the second ish, uh, second book in the trilogy of the Gwendolyn books uh, that were mostly uh, co-written by um, uh, Richard Chadsmore and Stephen King, except this second one uh, was completely written by Chadsmore. And then the third one, I'll get to that later. Did you not mention this? Uh, the Gutter in the Grave? We read, we read that for... Uh, was that, that, was that this year? Well, I think so. It wasn't on my list. Huh, I, I catalog know. them on Goodreads, and maybe, it has the dates. Uh, maybe I accidentally wrote that wrote that one down uh, again, but well, Hold on. Let me check my... Uh, you can go on. I'll check my... Um, but just another hard case, you know, another crime... That was really cr- fun, by crime, the way. Crime story. Stardust by Neil Gaiman. I really liked it. That was one of my favorite Gaimans. It, yeah. it was a fairy tale, but a fairy tale I really enjoyed. 
Yeah, I uh, I let uh, somebody from work borrow it because uh, she's a big, like, fancy, like, kind of, you know, reader. Uh, she didn't like it as much, but I think just because she has probably maybe a higher standard or something like that. But like, Well, there's a difference between fantasy and fairy tale, though. True. Because you get to be specific. Yeah, it's the same genre, kind of, but this is a fairy tale. Yeah, yeah. This I is didn't... his take on a fairy tale, not a fantasy novel. I didn't think about that. <laughs> not like an elaborate that, fantasy. This is a fairy tale, which has very specific rules. And I love Neil Gaiman's writing in it because it was so whimsical. Yeah, and it's very, like, creative yeah. and just, uh, it almost makes me want to, like, check out that movie that came out a few years ago, but I don't I don't think that'd be probably a good idea. I thought about watching, I did watch it. Yeah. It was faithful enough to be entertaining, but it's mm. not, like, you know, it's not yeah. great. Uh, Gutter in the Grave was December 12, 2021, oh, the end of last oh, okay. year. Okay, okay. Uh, Life for Sale that you let me borrow. Oh, uh, not to interrupt you, but, uh. You might have finished Gutter in the Grave. Maybe that's what it we was. We would have to probably go off the recording because I probably finished it before because I recommended it to you. Oh, yeah. So I probably right. finished it first. So you might have finished, finished it for the New Year. Maybe. So that's what maybe, the maybe that's what happened. But yeah, uh, I really enjoyed Life for Sale. Just uh, really. Just, Your first, uh, which is a very bizarre way to get into Yukio Mishima because it's not his writing style at all normally. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just about this guy who just, I forget why, but just decides he wants to give up on life. He's and, pretty much sick of the rat race of yeah. life. It just is like, I'm going to put an ad in a newspaper. This is like in the 50s or 40s or something. Like, I'm going to put an ad in the newspaper putting my life for sale. Whoever <laughs> buys my life could do whatever they want with me. And somehow just always ends up better for it. He, he just get, he doesn't get killed. He wants to, but he just doesn't get killed. The so he has to keep putting the ad yeah. out. Uh, the Stranger. Which was another one that you you put me on to. See, I read that last yeah, year, yeah. so that was another one. Yeah, you read the following, but just about like this, uh, just about this guy who kind of just gets stuck in like a weird situation, and like just because of the way of he acts, he's like he, autistic. Yeah, before and, that was a thing. Yeah, and just didn't really like he never got worked up about anything, and it like and it ended up he didn't put, show emotion, so yeah. people like considered him not just a weirdo, but like an Callous a moral and, person. Yeah. Um. What was really interesting, and then especially considering, like how we said, once you factor in, like, oh, this guy was probably autistic, like you, were, like we were saying before, like, uh, it's a uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, and now you can see, like, somebody's like, oh, it's fine literature have you read. Yeah. Well, I read Camus. Yeah. Like, oh shit, this guy's <laughs> read some fucking philosophical uh, literary fiction. Now, it did make me want to think about maybe uh, trying something else by him. I don't know how. Yeah, we his have to look that up. How his other stuff is, you know, is written. But um, wouldn't that be interesting if you found that your literary niche was French writers, French French philosophy? Well, that would seem about about right. Gwendolyn's final task. This is the third um, in what in in the Gwendolyn uh, trilogy. And this is when Mr. King comes back and uh, to help co-write it spices it up a little. Well, um, it de- it deals with uh, it deals a little bit with like the Doc Tower stuff. Oh. um, but it was really good. This one's like the other two are kind of like really smaller, kind of not not big books, like probably close to novelette. This one's like an actual like girthy boy, yeah, like a full bo- uh, like a full blown novel, but still read like super quick. The Ninth Medal. By uh, Benjamin Percy, he was a... Uh, th- this year is, like, I've noticed it was either, like, crime, like, you know, crime stuff, or I really dug into my uh, comic book writers who are also have novels and checking out that stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the um, one of the comic book guys, both uh, the Ninth Medal and then the Unforgiven, 
unfamiliar garden are the first two in a trilogy of books about like how this meteorite crash lands into into Earth. And I think it's a couple of different places on the planet and has this new metal and how it affects the Earth. Like uh, in the ninth metal, it's more from like an industrial like mining and like this family who who started mining the ninth metal and like now um and that like how there's a struggle to keep a hold of who has the control of these mines and stuff like that and the unforgiven garden deals more with like the biologically and like how it affects like the plant life and different things like that and and, and all that and then the third one that's supposed to come out it was supposed to be this year but it kept on getting pushed back to to next year the sky vault I'm not 100% sure what that is doing with, but uh, I'm definitely interested to check it out because, like I said, they're a trilogy, but you don't really need to read them. Like, they're separate stories, but they're, like, kind of just set in the same universe. Mm -hmm. Like, if you read them, you would catch, like, little nods and things like that, but it wouldn't be anything to where if you read Unforgiven God and but didn't read Ninth Metal, you'd be completely lost or whatever. I always like that idea that you could create your own universe, but... It doesn't have to be, you know, the adventures of this person, and that's all you get. Yeah. Like, you could just tell any story you want, and they don't have to be connected with anything. It's just the universe mm. is just the connection. So, you could, which I guess it could be, like, from superhero stories. You yeah. get, everything's happening in the same universe, but, you know, completely different tales and adventures. Yeah. And then uh, the Scions of Titans that we talked about earlier, uh, which I plan on getting more of on again this year, you know, this year coming up. Then uh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein. As we we talked about, I don't think we. I know we talked about it off air, but I think I might have got like a shitty copy. Yeah, you but got. You, but you didn't make it seem like it was much better. The one that you you know. The I one think it's just really had. the ending that's different, yeah. honestly. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay. Um, it's probably out of the like the older monster novels we read. It's probably my least favorite. Let album. me just put this out here: Frankenstein isn't a bad book. People don't think Caleb's saying Frankenstein yeah. sucks and, oh, I hate Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And I know I bitch about it and I thought it was boring. It's not a bad book. It's just, it's I, uh, too I much of, like it. yeah, it's just not my wheelhouse because it's one of those things like we really like Dracula. Yeah. But I feel like there's a lot more action in Dracula. There's things happening. The story is progressing. Dra uh, Frankenstein had a lot of fucking fainting and like a lot of. I would say it was more literary, mm -hmm. which was probably why we didn't enjoy it, because I didn't go into it thinking it was going to be a literary novel. Like, I know it's kind of literary, but I didn't think it was going to be like, oh, the philosophy of man and what is a human and, you know, all that shit. It's like, I don't fucking want to read this for this. I want to see monster stomping yeah. heads. And, and well, yeah, and again, we did that. This like, was, I wanted a good character piece, yeah. but it felt like you only got that for a little bit. Then you got, like, too much Frankenstein, believe yeah. it or not. Not the monster, yeah. the fucking doctor. That's what got me. I didn't care about Frankenstein. I was really interested in the monster, and I liked his part. But Frankenstein himself, fucking just go away, guy. You created the body, now just go fuck off. And, like, we, we, I don't know if we talked about it on air, but, like, it was really confusing to where, like, in Dracula, there's different people's notes, but, like, they label, like, oh, this is from this person's journal, this is another yeah. person's journal. Like, Frankenstein is, like, from a journal of a guy that Frankenstein wa runs into out in the, like, out in the Arctic. 
him telling this guy his story with this guy's right. Like, it was very confusing. Nobody on how- wants to ever talk about how weird that last act is, too. Yeah. Like, the Frankenstein monster chases Dr. Frankenstein across open water to, like, the North Pole or some mm. shit. It's like, what? And then they climb up, like, an ice mountain and have this dialogue. It's like, why is this happening? Yeah. Like, is this necessary? Like... What are we doing here? Just, there was too much weird world navigating that right. all of a sudden happened out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Chasing the Boogeyman, which we both uh, really enjoyed. Probably one of my, it, it's probably up there in like the top like uh, two or three probably of, you know, what I really enjoyed this year. Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, as we talked about earlier. The Tenth Justice, which is the which is another uh comic book uh guy uh uh brad melt uh melzer this is his first book it's uh i found it really enjoying i read it in like a week or like a week and week and a couple days and especially considering with it being kind of like a political thriller kind of thing um i was really surprised on on how much i enjoyed it and how quick i, I went through it the oracle year uh by charles Stowell, another comic book guy uh where this like this like Average, like, New York musician guy just wakes up with one morning with, I think it's like 180 something, uh, predictions just in his, just in his head. Mm. And as they slowly start to come true and like how he kind of uses them to make money and now the government's after him and, and stuff like that. I thought it was a very, uh, interesting, um, sci fi kind of, uh, kind of story. Uh, Keeper. From Greg Rucka, another comic book guy. This was like uh, one of those books, because this and the 10th Justice were both like written like in the mid to late ni- late 90s. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of tear sometimes just because of like the way you describe things or some of the things you could do where you're like, oh, I don't think you would yeah. you do that. And you would use it to say that that way. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it deals a lot with like uh, this guy who happens to be like a bodyguard security guy. He takes his girlfriend to uh, they're going to go to have an abor- abortion, and while they're there, the uh, one of the head ladies uh, who's like in charge of the clinic there hires him to be a bodyguard because they're getting a lot of protesters, and they're supposed to be like this conference in a couple weeks, and one's gonna hire him and some some of his other friends as bodyguards until that time and try to figure out who's who's sending them these death threats and and things things happen and and some characters don't make it and stuff like that which was uh really good and then uh the the study in scarlet like you said with uh um with uh sherlock holmes and like those are probably like the last of like the actual book books that i read and then i read some shorter stuff all from um paulie cooley um, from the Dead Robot Society podcast and uh, bl- the black uh, book uh, that we read a few years ago. We covered that. You did an episode on yeah. that, I believe. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, there was two. Uh, he's, uh, it's in this uh, Tony Down series where they're like, this guy is he, uh, he either, I think he's like kind of like, like a borderline like psychic and how he kind of uses that. Um, I can't remember exactly what happens in the two stories, but I do remember enjoying them a good deal. Um, the longer out of these last couple ones, uh, Tattoo, I thought was really good. And it's just about like this weird like kind of serial killer who uses like 
who like takes tattoos off of people and uses like symbols of the tattoos and it, it was really good. I liked it. And then uh, mimes, which I th- I think you should read because I think you would like it because it's about this delivery guy who's on his second traffic. He just sees this mime like off to the side and then just slowly throughout the day just things get really fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> um, Those are all Pauly Cooley, right? Yeah, all, all Pauly Cooley. And then uh, I um, I read, uh, you know, my all my comics, but uh, the only ones I really talk about because I tried to, each year I tried to read a couple longer, like, like multi-year run, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, series. Uh, so the ones that I read this year was uh, Thor from uh, Jason Aaron. I read his complete, um, his complete run. They have him in these nice big five thick volumes. Um, but yeah, that was a pretty, uh, pretty good, pretty good, uh, run. Like from start to finish, there was very little part, like throughout that whole thing where I was like, oh, well, this is kind of, you know, might not be good, but it was all pretty much really good. Uh, then Revival, uh, which is a, um, I uh, there's like a small town in, in Wisconsin where for some reason, in this town, these people can't die. And it's not like it's like zombies or whatever. It's kind of hard to explain without kind of really kind of going into it. But it, 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 it deals a lot with like, so like, like these, because like, and the town eventually ended up getting quarantined. And just that at a time, it gets kind of even more into like dealing with these, the town members and how they're kind of dealing with it more than like, oh, people can't die right now. Like, it's a very interesting, uh, a character piece uh, written by Tim Saley, uh, who does a lot of good like horror and like uh, image books and stuff like that. And then I read a g- I didn't get to finish it, but I read a good chunk about like I'd say about like thirteen or fourteen volumes of uh, Doctor Stone, which is a manga, which I think I've brought up before because mm-hmm. I uh, in previous episodes. But basically, just a thing happens that turns everybody on the planet into these stone statues. And like thousands of years later, uh, some of them start to, to break out. And in, tr- in traditional manga fashion, uh, the hero is like this teenage kid who's like super smart, like one of the smartest people on, of on, on, on the planet and stuff like that. But it does a really good job. It's very entertaining. Um, and you might even actually be able to learn some things because they actually like he dives into a lot of the science when they're like, oh, we have to make uh like one of the newest things they're talking about making rubbers for mm-hmm. tires, and they go into like the chemicals and how you could kind of, you know, how you could do this in in this kind of setting and stuff like that. Um, which I think is like kind kind of cool and interesting. The art's really good and and stuff like that. And like like I said, I read a whole bunch of other comics, but like. Not nothing that's not worth talking about, but like you know, yeah. just my normal like weekly books and a lot of good stuff. But I'll talk about this more in our next episode when we do our year in review. But you know what I didn't read this year, which I meant to. Some more Junji Ito, oh, fucked yeah. up mangas, because I read Uzumaki and I can't remember the name of the one with the girl. Now it's like his big one, but I actually didn't like that one. But I have a couple more of his big collections that I wanted to read. So maybe I'll do that. I'll describe it. Folks, you'll have to listen to the next episode. Because when we're going to do our... Because I was going to be like, oh, should we do our, you know, next year's reading? No, that's yeah. the goals episode. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, folks, uh, you have anything to add to that? What was your sleeper book of the year? Sleeper book? Like, what was one that surprised you the most? Uh, surprised me the most. 
I would maybe go with because like most of the you had books, to go by your expectations. Yeah, going I was gonna say because most of the books I'd probably have a good idea that I was probably gonna enjoy them, just because a that either that I've read stuff from them. So I'd probably go my sleeper would probably maybe be Devil in a Blue Dress. Oh, because yeah. like you know like I haven't didn't really have any expectations for that. I never read anything from Walter Mosley before. I don't even think I really saw like watched the whole movie either. Yeah. That's probably one of the most ones that I was going in blind to. Because some of the other ones like that I really enjoyed, like Chasing the Boogeyman, I figured I was probably going to like because I read those Gwendolyn books that he co-wrote, you know, and stuff like that. So probably, yeah, I'd probably say the uh, either uh, Devil in a Blue Jest or maybe the the Tenth Justice were the ones that mm. probably surprised me on how much I enjoyed them. Very nice. Well, I guess that'll do it for us. Yeah. Another uh, decent sized episode for you folks. Yay for Caleb having to edit it. Uh, we thank you for listening. We hope even though this episode comes out after Christmas, uh, we hope you have a great Christmas, Hanukkah, uh, Kwanzaa, ho- any holiday you Happy celebrate holidays. or don't celebrate. Um, and you know what? Just stay classy. And I'll just say it now since the next episode that we do will we'll drop be, after New Year's. Yeah. Happy, Happy New, New Year's. Year. So we're actually ahead of, at least on something. Yay. Um, and stick around for the New Year's episode next week because we will be talking about goals and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So goals. we thank you for listening once again. Uh, give us a review on Apple iTunes thingy or other and any other podcast review places. Spencer is the knee knocker of Nepal. If you want to go on his OnlyFans this week, uh, it's gross. Gross. He's actually just bashing people's knees with yeah. baseball bats like a mafioso. What a <laughs> fucking jerk. He's not even getting paid to do it. You know, He's just doing it. Not just strangers. I thought it was weird, but you know, that's, that's it. We're decent our own. Um, also, you could check out my website, calebjamesk.com. Just all one word, Caleb James K. Uh, I've been posting a lot of stories and poetry and different things on there, and it's been getting some good feedback now, so... Uh, Check those out. Um, oh, social media. You can check us out at DPW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, that's about it. So thank you, and we will check you next time. <laughs>